Hello and welcome to Fresh Face Comics, the comic book podcast where a lifelong comic book reader guides his friend through the world of comics for the first time. My name is Joey Morgan, the aforementioned lifelong reader. With me as always is Jacob Licklider, the aforementioned newbie. I'm just going to rest here for a little while with my friend. <sighs> you bastard. Uh, oh, I'm so excited for today's episode of Fresh Face Comics, the last episode of the year. Today we are talking yes! about Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman Endgame. Um... Wow, I'm excited. I didn't realize this... how excited I was for this until we started recording. <laughs> I know, um, it's, it's, mm, I have, I have thoughts and ideas and. There are, there are plenty, uh, there's plenty of room for those thoughts and ideas. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for any other Batman run to come close to, to Snyder's run. Like That is fair. That like, is fair. I, I did give all the others a pretty unfair advantage starting on Snyder, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you, you, yeah. you did. But also like, it's kind of the perfect place to start. Like you wouldn't, I. I wouldn't say necessarily just start with the Tom King run. Run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could. You could. Hypothetically. Yeah. You could start with Grant Morrison. You could start if you wanted to start with Bob Kane. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 well. Bill Finger's at least a decent writer. That is even true. if Bob Kane art doesn't work <laughs> nicely. Bob unless Kane it's being inked is... by the right inkers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're talking about Endgame today. This is the second to last actual Scott Snyder arc in, the, in his Batman run. Uh, but before, as always, before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. This is the last episode coming out this year. Um, that being said, we have three episodes coming out in January, episodes 32 through 34. Four. And yes. uh, yeah, again, as always, it's every other Monday. If you're just joining us this episode, um, I'm Joey. I've been reading comics all my life. Jacob is has not. Um, and we've been doing this podcast for a little over a year now. Yes. Uh, and it's 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 been great fun. Seriously, go listen to past episodes if you haven't. Um, or if you're just here for the Scott Snyder stuff. We have covered the whole Scott Snyder run up to this point. So We will be discussing there. probably a little bit of Graveyard Shift. Yeah, because you did read that. Personally, I did read it. And, oh, and also just for those listening that are wondering why we didn't talk about Graveyard Shift at all and it, it didn't get its own episode. I don't feel it's necessary to the run. It is not its own story. It's an anthology release. And there are a couple of issues I'd argue are important. But also so many of those issues are tie-ins to other things. Yeah, and it would be kind of pointless because I chose to go straight from Zero Year to this and not take three extra episodes for for Batman Eternal. I'd um, like to do Eternal someday. We can do Eternal someday. I don't think it's essential for this. Like, I, I feel like anything that was changed by Eternal, you were able to catch up on easily in this, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, and wow. it's nothing major, actually. It's like, what, two, three things that have changed about the general Batman setup? A couple of things. One of them um, didn't actually happen in Eternal, so. Yeah, and well, yeah, and then, well, because other things were happening in the DC universe at the time. Yeah. Uh, I will say, basically, the, the essential stuff from Graveyard Shift, at least in my mind, for the most part, is that second annual. Um, which... Yeah, but that's that's all stuff like falling out from Morrison killing off Damien. That, but also just anything with 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 Harper Row. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if, if for nothing else, just Harper Row content because she's the best. Yes, she's the. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, and also I guess Eric Border, sort of. You know, yes. Yeah. That, that's that's why um, I was bringing up the annual because that's where yeah. where he first shows up. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that until just now because um, I did not. I also read the show. third annual that isn't included in the collection. I feel um, like it kind of should be just because it's a Joker-centric story and this is the it, only other Joker-centric Snyder arc. Um, well, it, it should be. And like, 
I read it after reading the second issue of Endgame. Um, just 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 because I was like, oh right, I, I want to read that, and it honestly perfectly slots in right there. Like, oh seriously, <laughs> with what's happening? Huh? Yeah. I have yeah. not tried that reading order. All right then. <laughs> Accidentally reading something in a perfect order. Dude, um, I'm like I'm getting like all the the tie-ins and uh, things to 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 the to Millennium. I think I told you about this. And like there are two like unofficial tie-ins to it from like Swamp Thing, and there is no consensus online or no one even talking about where they slot in. So I have no clue where to put them when I do actually read it. I don't know. Would, would that have still been like Alan Moore on that book? Uh, no, actually, oddly enough, there are the two issues of Swamp Thing immediately after Moore left. So Moore leaves. And then, and, and then they're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna do some crazy crossover shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, Batman yeah. Endgame. Batman Endgame. So, as someone that had not, uh, well, how much did you know about this going in? And then, secondly, what is what is the story about? So, going in, I was originally under the preconception that this was the last Scott Snyder thing. Like, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I just never heard of Super Heavy. Um, and I just thought, oh, it, it ends at volume seven, I guess. Um, no, it does not. <laughs> it doesn't. But it easily could, uh, just based on on reading it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really it's it's really interesting. Um, and then I knew that the Joker was in it, and that it was the follow up to Death of the Family. Like, mm-hmm. and then obviously, given the cover, some things have changed with the Joker since Death of the Family. Yes. Namely, he has gained a face. He's gained a face. Um, <laughs> um, and I just love that cover, him stretching out the old face. Just, oh, it's so yes. good. It's, it's, so, it's, so it's good. very gruesome. Um, but yeah, what's interesting, though, is I was expecting this. I, I, I don't know if I was expecting nearly as much continuity from Death of the Family. Mm. Uh, like, I, like, I thought it would be completely separate. But no, this really is like. Oh, it's the follow-up to Death of the Family. Yeah, like, like if Death of the Family is two. if Death of the Family is the Batman Joker love story, Endgame is the fallout from them breaking up. Yes, like 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 that's that's how I sort of always saw it. You know, I mean it's 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 quite interesting because um, throughout reading this, I was surprised by a lot of sort of sort of the references and homages to a, just to a lot of things that Snyder packs into these six issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even from just reading Death of the Family, like, we know Snyder can pack a lot into into a small amount of issues. Yeah, but, like, this is specifically, like, a lot of this is 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 Snyder tributing a lot of classic horror films mm-hmm. um, in a lot of interesting ways, as well as tribute... As, as kind of sending up certain pieces of Greek myth. Um... Especially in the way that it opens. As someone that's not familiar with that stuff, I'll, I'll be really curious to hear what you have to say about that. Because I, I mean, I, obviously, you know, the, it's it's all meant to be like like symbolic, but like I didn't know what a lot of it meant. I guess so. I'll be curious to hear yeah. what you have to say about. Well, that. so 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 just just in the structure of Death of the Family and Endgame, if you pluck those two volumes, they actually kind of follow a a sort of Greek tragic form a uh, tragic Greek format. Um, Death of the Family sort of being your end of the first half where our Greek hero in Batman is triumphant. Um, specifically, oddly enough, because you said this is a love story, um, odd parallels to the Greek uh, figure uh, Medea, who is a sorceress, who uh, famously uh, marries Jason and helps 
helps him find the golden fleece, marries him. Uh, then she kills him and her children in a in, in a tra- in a tragic rage because Jason's a dick um, and is 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 terrible um, and ends up becoming the villain of the piece and hmm. basically ends up being tr- kind of triumphant in the end. Not entirely unlike what happens in Endgame, and it's it's I don't know if that was intentional. Mm. I mean, probably. I, the, the center seems very knowledgeable in those kind of things. Like, I, I, I would, I would be very surprised if it wasn't intentional. Um, but that being said, I think it's time to start uh, going into our Twitter questions. Yes. We're sort of, we're sort of already talking about the topics that were brought up in our Twitter questions today. So first off, our friend Jamie at Jamie underscore season seven says, "This is after Batman Eternal, right? Does does reading that add anything to it?" Um, so from my perspective, um, not much. I mean, I first read Endgame without having read Eternal. Um, and I have read all of Eternal since, and honestly, it doesn't do too much aside from just a few structure changes. Um, namely, Julia Pennyworth, uh, Alfred, Alfred's daughter, is now helping out the Bat family. Um, some things have changed with Nightwing, and uh, um, uh, oh, Harper Rowe is like a full-on vigilante now, actually. Um, and that's about it, you know. But but that's nothing that like the book won't catch you up on very easily, you know. So yeah, I, well, I think I think it probably adds context. Like, yeah yeah at least but some, also, probably some really good context yeah and, and also probably just, a, a bit more just in universe story difference mm-hmm. from it, eternal is also 52 issues long and uh it does feel like you just shoved an entire extra era of dc comics in the middle of it all so i don't think it really works as a complete part of the snyder run um so I, I per, if in, a, in a Snyder reread, I would never personally throw an Eternal into it, um, but that's just me, you know. I mean, you that's, can. That's interesting because I, I, I think it's just to sort of, I mean, pull it apart, and it'll be interesting eventually when we read Eternal to have the context there, but also because I think Eternal might hopefully stands on its own, its own story because what's, what's, what's really just really interesting is that there really isn't a lot of distance to considering. The Snyder run went from Death of the Family to Zero Year, and mm-hmm. while Zero Year is twelve ish like twelve issues of distance, you don't feel that distance because we are in the past and not in the present. Yeah, uh, yeah. So if you're reading them, if you threw like Zero Year first in your reading because it takes place first, then you'd be going straight from Death of the Family to Endgame. Yeah, um, um, which would which would be interesting. I've never personally done that. I've always done like Zero Year where it was published, but yes. Anyway, um, our next Twitter question comes from English Giraffe at English underscore Giraffe says, do you think that this should have been Scott's last Batman story instead of super heavy and epilogue? I personally love those stories, especially with how Endgame ends. Asking from both perspectives, Joey, who reads them, and Jacob, who's just experienced this for now. I want to hear your opinion on this first. I mm, I think it's a beautiful ending. Um, I know that it can't be the ending because... Comics always have to go back to some sort of status quo. Yeah. Bruce, which, kind of a shame, but, like, this is a really good ending. Um, mm-hmm. As I... well as especially considering, like, from what I know about Super Heavy, is that that can be its own thing. Like, it could be. I think in the way that Bruce is utilized in Super Heavy, which you'll see eventually... I think it's an even more perfect ending to the Snyder stuff, but you will see. We'll see. Snyder, um, without giving away too much, what Snyder does with Super Heavy is 
you know, obviously, as you know, he does the, the, the status quo reset, as any comic should do, in killing off a character and bringing them back and whatever. Um, but when it comes to this, Snyder establishes why for how this ends and how Super Heavy ends, why that status quo reset for certain characters, especially big characters like Batman, is necessary and why it can really work. Uh, but see, more on that later. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't... I, I can imagine that working, um, but, like, I don't know. This just... This feels like an ending. Like, because mm. it, it feels like everything's brought together. Also, we didn't bring it up in the Graveyard Shift discussion, but in that you also get the Zero issue of Batman. And yeah, which, like, contradicts a lot of Zero Year it's, stuff. It's a very nice issue. <laughs> yeah, but it was also written, like, a whole year before Zero Year was written. <laughs> I'm so. very glad it's there because the backup is 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 like brilliant. And yeah, the backup's great. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, next up, uh, our friend Kellogg at underscore Kellogg says, "I remember this being pretty cool. Maybe I'll reread it." Thoughts on the Joker haircut? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I mean I like the Joker haircut. It, it's it's it looks especially malicious in this case. It looks like. It's it's very fresh and new as Joker is meant to look throughout this, you know, like he is reborn. Yes, uh, I think I think it's kind of it's kind of funny because if you take the idea of Joker being Batman's ex, it's an ex drastically shaving their hair in a fit of rage. <laughs> um, I love that. <laughs> um, like, honestly, a lot of this framing is just the Joker being pissed that his ex broke up with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, our friend Mason didn't uh, respond on the actual tweets today, but uh, he DM'd his questions to us today. Uh, Mason says one, how does this stack up to death of the family? So you could say now, do you think it's better? Or I, worse? okay. I think it's slightly. Okay. Here's the thing. There hasn't been a, a volume of Scott Snyder's run that isn't been, that hasn't been a 10 out of 10. Like, <laughs> like, it's so like I think ever so slightly Endgame edges it out mainly because it feels like a second it makes it extend and feel like the second half of story that ends. Um, That's fair. I get which that. I, know I, you, I think I I prefer Death of the Family myself for the fact that it, it, it for, if for nothing else I just love the fact that it's more of a horror story. It's just more my style in general. Um, but I I mean I, I adore both of them obviously. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Um, his second question is, what is the most gruesome scene in the comic? So this, oddly enough, this one isn't as outright gruesome as Death of the Family. Like, there isn't, say, the dinner scene. Yeah. Um, but I, I... There's a scene of, in issue two um, where the Joker is disguised as someone. Mm. And oh, that reveal my God, yeah. <sighs> made my stomach turn. As it should. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Ooh, man. Oh, it's like my favorite scene in the comic. I love that one. Um, and then three, uh, Mason says, how does this relate to Avengers Endgame? Uh, it's better than it. It's it, Well, it does, also has a bunch of superheroes in it. That's true. A, That's a, true. A, There's, yeah. A threat much bigger than themselves. Possibly, if yeah. you if you take um, if you take some hints about so, uh, who the Joker may or may not actually be, or 
represent to into into account. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's. Mm. Oh yeah, and it's 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 better it's better than Endgame, and I I quite like Endgame. Endgame is a good film, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Anyway, um, I guess that about does it for non-spoilers, right? Should we? Uh, uh, yeah, just, just I mean, just 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 a couple of, of of minor things, I guess, before we move into spoilers. First, um, if you would like to see what we cover next time on the podcast, skip to the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> I have, for once in a long while, have no idea. Yeah. Like, you like, are completely lost on this next I am, one. I am throwing darts at a board, and most of them have missed. <laughs> Joey has told me, like, they have missed. Um, yes. Uh, if you uh, like what we do, give yeah, as always, you know, give us a follow. Um, All our Twitters will be linked in the description below. You can check those uh, out. Uh, chat we'll with us. Chat with us. If, if, you, if, you, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, go to the YouTube link of this and, and, and comment, comment there. That, that'd be great. Indeed. Uh, uh, also, uh, we'll leave the, the the books that we're covering uh, in this episode and the next episode linked uh, through Amazon links in the description. So you, if you want to go buy those for yourself, uh, get reading, join in on the discussion. Uh, it's always appreciated. So it's always there. Yes, um, yes. And also just pick up this book. It's great. It's, um, it's, 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 really, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, pick up the entire Snyder run if you haven't read Batman. It is it is collected in two omni omnibus volumes. So yes, you have you have no excuse. There are multiple ways to get it. So yeah. Um, yes. All right. I guess that about does it. Let's get into our spoiler section for Batman Endgame by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. We start off in Batman number thirty-five. Uh, and okay, already I was like, oh. The Justice League are in this. Yeah, yeah, the cover does... Well, first off, the cover's a little misleading because, like, two of the characters featured here don't even show up. Um, but anyway. anyway uh, yes. But yeah, uh, so you didn't know the Just Justice League was involved? Or I didn't. Interesting. Um, so so was this... I'm curious, was this like the other Snyder stuff? Did, like, other series then get, like, tie-in issues? Uh, so interestingly, it's a little different from how the other... Uh, big Snyder crossover events were done instead of um, so uh, it crossed over with there was a, uh, a series at the time called Gotham uh, was it Gotham Academy Gotham Academy um, Arkham Manor um, and uh, oh god Batgirl and a couple others but instead of getting like tie-in issues they got like individual one shots so there was like Batgirl Endgame number one there was you know, that's... Uh, Arkham Manor Endgame number one um, so they released like completely separate issues from the main series and had those tie in. That's that's you know that's kind of a nice way of doing it. Mm -hmm. so yeah, you don't necessarily yeah, I, disrupt yeah, like, like whatever 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 the writers of the other series are doing. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, though I do think most of those same writers did write for it. Um, uh, also, I'm pretty sure I'm mistaken. I don't think Gotham Academy was a thing at the time. I think uh, I may well, be way off with that. You, you may um, well, there was, there was, there were tie-ins that were one-shots instead of. Yes. Issues. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Justice League is in this and we open on uh, what Snyder loves to do at the start of every single one of his Batman arcs, which is just start off with a big ass Bruce Wayne monologue that foreshadows a bunch of shit. Um, yes. And it's great. Uh, so tell us about this monologue, Jacob. So this monologue is set around um, the Gotham Theater. Uh, one, very nicely and very quickly continuing the theme of Bruce Wayne actually helping the city financially and, and restoring it. Uh, 
and what's re what's um referenced is that um uh, the Gotham Theater want uh basically got some money to put on a uh, a production of uh Orestes or the Oresteia which is uh, an ancient Greek play um ancient Greek tragedy uh essentially that uh is where we get oddly enough some myths that I that Joey you are familiar with this is where you have uh the Furies mainly uh, okay. is, is this play uh, hunting down someone who is wronged? Um, it's where we also get the idea, the character of Electra. Uh, so an Electra complex to that Freud would use for the Oedipus complex. Um, but importantly, it's about a, a man who so uh, who kills his mother after she kills his father, uh, kills his father. And essentially it ha then has to spend the rest of the play running, uh, running from uh, running from the Furies until the gods eventually intervene. And um, the conclusion ends in a rather outdated conclusion of uh, implying that uh, the, the true right of parentage to, to, to one's child is the father and not the mother. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of implications with that. We don't need to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's important is that, one, there's the idea of the deus ex machina, um, sort of, the god from the machine coming down from on high to to set everything right. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what's interesting is uh, they've the theater has strung up this intricate piece of armor to sort of serve as the armor of Apollo who who swoops in and saves the day in the Orsaya. And that really sets, at least for me, set the tone of, oh shit, this is going to end badly. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, and I love the the, uh, the framing device here of saying that, like, you know, the, the theater is putting on this production. They've overspent a bunch um, on this harness specifically. And uh, and Bruce asked the person that built it, you know, um, why they're spending so much on it. Um, talking about how the play ends in a deus ex machina where they need to, um, uh, where, where, where this piece of this harness, like, needs to come in. Um, and according to Bruce, um, what this person says back to him, he says, Bruce, he said, after all we've been through, I just want uh, want that to feel real. I want everyone in the theater to believe in that God coming down to help. I just want them to feel saved. And uh, Bruce says, and in the end, what could I say to that? Um, and it sets the tone immediately. And then we go yes. uh, we go into this big scene where um, a big like uh, like uh, gas bomb has been like let off in the middle of the city, um, but it is completely harmless. And we learn that it is just pretty much it has pretty much just been set off to drive people out of the city, basically. And um, we see uh, we see Bruce come out in this giant metal bat suit. It's great. I, I, this is what the second second one of these that Snyder has done. This is the second one. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, ridiculous, and I love it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then we go to, what is it? Uh, our, our title page. Yes, our, our title page. But interestingly, we go back to 29 minutes ago. Um, as, uh, as Bruce is waking up from a horrible nightmare where, uh, the city is in ruins. He's fighting by, uh, next to his closest friends. And, um, uh, Alfred is wearing an eye patch and it's this apocalyptic future. And, uh, and Bruce wakes up from that. And, uh, is, is that apocalyptic is future like? Also supposed to be a reference to something that DC was doing at the time would be doing it at the time. Uh, or, no, at the time, no. all the all, the only big event going on was Endgame. Oh, uh, not Endgame. Um, the Convergence. Um, and Convergence, ah. Convergence wasn't really like that. Convergence was a, a big multi-dimensional thing. So no. So um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So we. I think we this do... is meant to more look like the end of this book. Yeah, I mean th that's that's very probable. Um, though. 
it plays out very differently and, and much yeah. more interestingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, we find... Um, he wakes up, uh, Alfred is there, and we meet Julia Pennyworth. Um, but but first, we, we find out that this, that this dream is once again fear toxin induced yes. um <laughs> isn't uh, as always and I, what's what's interesting to notice that it's it they uh, they call it the cassandra strain um which is another reference to greek myth uh the prophet of troy who was not believed and when the troy who was you know cursed to have only true prophecies but to never be believed um so she was there when troy fell uh and murdered in 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 in, in the sacking of troy another sort of piece of not so subtle foreshadowing of this is going to go to hell. Uh, and talking, speaking of things going to hell, we get some nice little like witty banter here between Bruce, Alfred, and Julia, uh, which ultimately leads to a conversation of Bruce and Alfred talking about, uh, uh, like joking about who, uh, who's going to die sooner, and who, you know, it's 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 a jokey conversation, and and uh, Julia cuts them off and says like, "You'll both live forever." And I tell me what the hell is that? But I just think it's interesting that they're talking. Both Bruce and Alfred are talking about their own demise. Um, yeah, very, very nice. Um humor also they both laugh um mm-hmm. which you know it's just nice to see bruce wayne with a smile on his face yeah bruce wayne with a smile but uh also julie is kind of an interesting character because i i didn't quite know what to expect mm. um she's not she's, a character. she's great i love julia I, I wish more writers would use her because she's great yeah she I, I like her as a like as a sometimes member of the bat family like like mm-hmm. I like that she's based somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, and that but then can pop in from time to time, uh, because you know sometimes you just need a character like that. And I yeah. I really like the role she plays here, um, partially because this is the first Scott Snyder arc where Bruce really hasn't isolated himself from his family. Mm-hmm. Like yeah yeah like. This time, in fact, he, l- later on in the story, like he'll be like actively seeking out members of the Bat family. Yeah, you know. Um, <clears throat> but this all gets cut off when uh, when one Diana Prince comes crashing through the window, uh, smashing into Bruce and slamming him into the ground and taking him outside and really beating on him. <laughs> it's an interesting uh, setup. What did you initially like make of like what this was like the work of? Like, like did you have any suspicions other than I, Joker? No, mine was like. Well, so my initial suspicion was that the gas that was set off wasn't harmless. It was going to be some sort of Joker toxin, but like probably like a strain that would maybe only affect the Justice League Mm. somehow or like metahumans somehow just because Mm -hmm. just because like it's like you have that cover of the Justice League fighting Batman Mm -hmm. and um, and then you have Wonder Woman being so aggressive, which. Okay, I will if say... I, if I remember correctly, because I, I, re- I, I vaguely remember the release of these issues, though I wasn't reading it as it was coming out, but I remember the, the covers coming out. I think the fact that Joker was involved in any of this was meant to be a big secret. Because really? the, the story was called Endgame. It didn't lead to any Joker suspicions. Even the second cover that you see after this, because usually comic covers are revealed like two, three months ahead of time. Yeah. Um, the next cover is just an evil Superman. So if all you were building up was the fact that, oh, Justice League fighting Bruce, evil Superman on this next cover, 
you're not necessarily going to get any like Joker suspicions, are you? Um, right. So yes, I think if I remember right, I think it was meant to be a big secret. So there wasn't any, there weren't any clues when this issue first came out as to like what was causing any of this. And that's that's really effective marketing. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, 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 again, I may be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that's how it was released. Especially since you know, the, like the title Endgame could mean a lot of things yeah and then you Uh, and then you paint it up as this big like batman versus justice league story it could be the end game um but what batman end game story would be complete without the joker um so i i I just love that idea yeah that that, like it could just be a totally normal justice league brainwash story um and i like that here also greg capullo gets to draw the justice league here and they look so fucking great you know he really really makes the jim lee designs just just works so well yeah i mean not that not that jim lee doesn't make his own designs work well no but, but like, um but like, like his... diana in particular here i just i love the way capullo draws her and she looks so great yes. um, really um i good. will say after because so so if you're listening to these episodes out of order the last episode we did was the dark knight strikes again yes and so <laughs> reading so to... this and so having... launch out of that to go into greg capullo artwork is great but also characterization where Basically, the first thing Bruce does when he's attacked by Diana is ask, you know, will you just talk to me? Like, yeah, yes, yeah, where it's yes, not just Bruce putting on some... Friends. Well, interestingly, I was just going to say it's not Bruce just putting on some giant metal gloves and fighting these guys, but that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> he puts but on he a giant metal... initially suit. do that. He's... Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, um... a great, there's a great line, without saying too much, because I do want you to read it someday. There's a great line from the Injustice comic where... um where Bruce like comes face to face with Superman and you know, they're about to square off um, and Superman wants to fight him. And, and Batman goes like, that's what you'd want. Isn't it like for me to put in a big metal suit and fight you, you know, like that, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. Um, and I, just, I just think about that here. It's, it, it's interesting. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, so we, um, we, we sort of, sort of start, start like flashing back and forth here between like what is now and like, what is like 29 minutes ago, or I guess more accurately now, like probably like 25, maybe yes. 20 minutes ago. Um, also, I, sh- I should say this, this plan, this, this particular is dubbed Fenrir, which is another sort of apocalyptic reference this time of Norse mythology. Um, huh. yeah. Of, of the great wolf that ate the world tree. Also for the Doctor Who reference. Yes. That's where we get Curse of Fenric. Ah, I did not know that. Yes. You, no, this book is perfect for me. Is just like I, a, I, I, I fucking knew that. I fucking knew that going in, and I was still pissed off that you liked it more than Death of the Family. <laughs> Look, this was t- this this book feels almost tailor made to my sensibilities <laughs> perfectly, and uh, it's Scott Snyder, no less. Yes, <laughs> yes. The, the, the man. Fact, has the fact talent. that you that you, the fact that you've said his run is perfect so far. You know, well, certainly the only thing that isn't perfect that. is Graveyard Shift, and that's only because like. It's an anthology. Yeah, and he it's... had to work with a bunch of other writers on, on that, and it wasn't the regular Capullo team. Uh, I think Capullo only does, like, what, three issues in that whole collection? Three issues. And even then, it's not like it's bad. It's still great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... But, like, you know, so, but it, it, at this point, you know, when we've read five volumes of this thing, Snyder and Capullo feel synonymous with each other, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, we get this fight here between uh, Batman and Wonder Woman, um, and... Uh, flashing back and forth uh what is this uh little monologue here uh which which one the one about that she's trying that she's not pulling her punches so you can't either that you know she's trying to kill uh, no, I, I was looking at the one afterwards um, uh 
uh, says that um, she's a warrior of truth, uh, so the only way to beat her is with a lie. The relic is called uh, the, uh, the, um, the 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 bind of veils, uh, and it was woven by Hephaestus, right? Yes, Hephaestus. In a moment of doubt, not long after he uh, forged her lasso, he used a uh, an inverted version of the same same weave. It's said to be made from wool from the sheep Odysseus's men used to trick the trick the Cyclops. Uh, it took me nearly two years to track it down on the magical black market. The suit isn't just armor; it's designed for war with the most powerful heroes on the planet. Yeah. So this is so this is Snyder riffing on the Batman has a plan for the Justice League, mm-hmm. and which is it, interesting that like people have taken that idea in many different directions yeah. and it was an idea originally well maybe not originally but the f- first acted upon by uh by, by grant morrison actually yeah because that's that isn't that like what tower of Babel's about that yeah ta- yeah, yeah. Yep. um what i think is interesting is when it's done well once again there's a lot of things in this that also still feel uh very much uh how i said in the death of the family episode of snyder satirizing fandom Mm-hmm. This also feels like that, like, because fandom likes to, to to characterize Batman always have a having a plan in this almost power fantasy tough guy thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, I think, you know, it, it's I, I think it's fair to say that Batman does always have a plan. You know, he's, he's one of the he, smartest characters in, in the DCU. He universe. has a plan, but he's not infallible. And he's yeah. also like. They also like to make it so he's it's it's almost this ruthless plan of I'm going to kill my friend. Where it's like, mm, yeah. no, he because mm-hmm. like it's it's very clear that he doesn't want to do this. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, um, we also learned throughout this that I th- I forgot to mention it, but Batman is the one that set off the the gas that yes. uh, like, get evacuated everyone from the city. Um, but then I love the build up to this to uh to Flash coming into this scene. Um. I, I love this inner monologue. Um, the next part happens faster than I can process it. I put more money into this suit than about 60% of the world's nations put put into their respective militaries. And a good deal of that money went towards a protocol for one man, making sure the servers were fast enough for him, faster than any human reaction, fast enough to map his movements, assuming he wasn't at optimal speed. And then fire the, uh, the frictionless coding exactly where it needs to be before he can react. The strike is so fast, the whole thing is over before I even know it. And it's done across two pages. And I yes. love that. <laughs> It's so good. Because um, then, then Aquaman enters the scene. Which uh, I I think this might be one of my favorite interactions from this from, from this sequence. Mainly because it feels paralleled to the Bruce Aquaman leadership dynamic in early Jeff Johns Justice League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, like, it feels like a continuation. Um, and I think that's great. Also, I just, I think it's weird that, like, he just gunks him up in this pink goo. Um... Mm-hmm. Which is kind of over the top. Um, I think the, the idea, the idea of being that you know it, it it's trying to dry him out, which I think is I think is cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, so he finishes that off, and then as most Snyder issues do, he, he while being part of a larger story, he perfectly caps off what he was doing with from the beginning of the issue to the end here, um, because Superman enters the uh, the fight. And he smashes through this, uh, smashes Bruce's suit through this theater. And uh, Bruce's inner monologue here says, "The truth is, when gods do come down, it's terrifying because you never know what they're going to do." And um, and uh, as, as we close in on Superman here, and we look back on on Diana, Barry, Arthur, and we see Clark once more, um, they all start laughing. Uh, Bruce is able to say, "No, no, not him." Oh yes, Bruce. 
and no one's going to save you this time. And it's this wonderful last page of just Clark Kent grinning like the Joker, and it's horrifying. <laughs> it's it's horrifying. So when I read this, I basically read two issues a night. Like I just because I could have probably binged this in one night, but oh um, yeah. Yeah, I was it's a like, very I was like, easy one to get through. I, 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 I have to, I have to wait. I, I can't just binge <laughs> everything. Yeah. Uh, even knowing when we were going to record this episode, just because I, 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 I needed to, I needed to know what would happen. Um, yeah. And this is just a perfect ending to an issue. Um, mm-hmm. This issue, the issue thirty six cover, is terrifying. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I, we, we've done oh god how many super batman superman fights have we covered on this podcast now <laughs> i think this is our fourth uh let's see we had the dark knight returns turns one um we oh, had fifth, fifth, the, yeah because there's the justice league origin one um oh god uh, hush and strikes again, strikes again. And, and now this wow yes. that, that has been a lot and, and three of those first... have been good yeah yeah and also interestingly Two of those, this being the second, are the result of Superman being brainwashed. Yes. And uh, it, it's an interesting idea because, you know, it, it's it's if you did the Batman-Superman fight, but Superman wasn't not trying to hurt his friend. Um, and that's here. Like, 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 this is Superman completely uncontrollable. Um, uh, t- uh, clearly uh, taken over somehow by Joker. Um, and we open up issue 36 wonderfully exactly where we left off um as a uh, superman is, is is attacking uh batman once well, more yeah, we start we, we start with this interesting little one page prologue of of batman fighting um a a, a mutated killer croc who which i'm I, is this i'm guessing this is a reference to eternal like i can't remember uh i can't remember croc in eternal yeah, it, or it feels like it might be a reference to something. Um, Probably, maybe it's yeah, a detective it's, thing because I haven't read the whole. Because I haven't read the whole new Fifty Two Detective. It might be that. Ah, well, this might be. Uh, well, this is also sort of just a sort of. It's this idea of fe- uh, fear of being pulled down, because um, mm. each issue, kind of in a way, like has times where it decides to pass each like a different type of horror film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like the first issue is very horror action. This one is. Um, this one is kind of psychological for most of it, um, mm-hmm. but a well, lot especially of with how this one ends. Yeah, but a lot of them go psychological. Um, yeah, uh, I think my favorite might be when he gets to do when um when 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 Snyder decides to riff on certain pieces of Italian horror, um, and 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 FCO's coloring goes this um, these like amazingly stark colors, which we'll get to when we get to it. Um, but yeah, so this this Superman fight. And what, again, such a fresh air after the last thing we read. Mm-hmm. Just, well, it's interesting because Superman is written technically more as a villain here than Frank yes, did. Yes, yes. Um, but also he's brainwashed. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, also, once again, Greg Capullo is a horror artist. I love the way he draws Superman sometimes here, um, especially on this third page here when he's almost completely silhouetted and you just see the symbol in his eyes and the grin. Like, yeah. it's so <laughs> it's so it's so creepy but but bruce is just calling to his friend to try to get him to fight through this mm. uh, interestingly as the as um 
from last issue going into this one, Superman's skin has gotten more like pale. Um, and more, it's almost yeah, like completely white. white when they eventually break out of the theater and go into the city. Um, and he just looks like the Joker then completely. Um, it's really messed up. Um, but like Superman will like do things that eventually to um to like get Bruce distracted. He like lasers down this building and it starts crumbling down. Um, it uh it, it it topples on top of Bruce even in this giant mech suit. It's still messing with him. Uh, what I think is interesting is that you, you have Clark saying, "So Bruce, who wins in a fight, Batman or Superman?" Which is once again Snyder commenting on fan discussion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which he loves to do. It's great. Well, because because he he uh, he eventually concludes that where. The point is, neither of them win in a fight. Neither of them would win. They would kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or they wouldn't fight. Um, yeah, and what's what's fascinating is that really to save his friend, Bruce has to get, like, really close, basically spit in his eye with with just a capsule of uh, kryptonite-laced, like, dust mm-hmm. and water. Um, Which uh, causes soups to fall down into the ocean. Um, Bruce goes back to the Batcave after hospitalizing all of the Justice League, or everyone that he fought at least. Again, it's kind of weird. They show Green Lantern's hand and Cyborg on the cover, and they're, they're nowhere in the issue. Well, but... Cyborg is. Cyborg is. Cyborg operates the boom tube. That is right. I forgot about that. Um, which um... Is, is very brief. Part of me was hoping for, like, Vic Stone to actually do something. Like... Just a little bit, because yeah, um, yeah, it was a thing. It was an issue I had when we did Throne of Atlantis is that Johns didn't let Victor Stone do much. I swear, uh, when we get back to Jeff Johns Justice League, we're on a portion where like Vic is a pretty big part of it. Oh, so, good, good, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so they're uh, they're back in the back cave. They're trying to analyze what's uh, how how Joker was able to get to the Justice League. Um, also, Alfred is not well uh, recently, um, just results of Eternal, which is why Julie is sticking around here, because Alfred yeah. is just feeling unwell. He's walking around with the cane, he's coughing a lot, um, which makes for an interesting dynamic, because especially in the Snyder run, Alfred and Bruce have had such a close connection. Um, and so when Alfred is like more out of commission and Bruce is able to like get away with more without Alfred uh, <laughs> talking back to him, um, you know, there, there's still that fight in Alfred and, and, and Snyder still like captures that relationship. Yes. And what's what's especially interesting, one, is that we establish the Justice League is going to be out of commission for four, maybe five days, which is terrifying thought because mm-hmm. uh, the DC universe is a dangerous place. That it is. Um, as well as just. It's it's a nice inverse of the end of Death of the Family, where Bruce was taking care of Alfred and he hated it. But now, at least in this scene, Alfred's just like, no, 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 no. I'll be fine, sir. Now, if you'll pardon my language, go get that bastard. Um, <laughs> um, we then also um, do, just do some talking about Batman's history with the Joker, if, you know, both for the audience and for Julia. Um, using Julia as the way to talk to the audience. Um, and I love when when. Bruce brings up this picture of Joker on the on the back computer here. Um, it's the death of the family look, and I it almost feels like Capullo draws Joker here more gruesome than he looked even it, in that story. Well, it, it looks like the face is decomposed even more, and it's yeah. just that wild eyed, mm-hmm. um, almost the idea that it has continued to decompose even after yes. the story is over. Ugh, well, it's so good. Oh my god, um, but yeah. Uh, we talk about this uh, this new compound that the Joker has made. Um, 
uh, Batman says, um, in his own twisted way, he sees himself as serving Batman. He thinks he makes Batman stronger by challenging him with his greatest nightmares. He sees himself as Batman's friend. He used to, at least. But after the last time we fought, if I glean any meaning in this first attack, it's friend turned enemy. Um, which, again, is just tapping into that idea that after Death of the Family, when Batman actively rejects Joker as his closest friend, possibly lover, um, Joker is now lashing out. And this is this is... I would argue the first time we've talked about the Batman Joker relationship where Joker does not love Batman. Oh, most definitely. Or where he's running on anger and just wanting to like being just this petulant. I want to be right. Let me be right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the way that develops and it ends, it makes the ending this very bittersweet ending. Um, uh, that I that I think really really works as well as just what the Joker's plan is, because the Joker has also sort of uh, spent like like did like bu- did did a biting of time just just to wait because we then because then Bruce you know goes to the source to Arkham Asylum. Now this is another eternal thing with uh, Arkham being condemned right now, which uh, I. Oof. I love which, it. Which, it's, again, you don't need to read Eternal for. You get that. Literally, it says right at the top, Arkham Asylum after the collapse. That's that's all you need. Um, but it really makes Arkham Asylum all the more creepier, all the more creepy than it was before. Um, we have Batman's these images of, like, these... spider webs, and f- mm-hmm. there's, like, a fly. There flies. Um... And as, uh, as Batman is walking through, he thinks to himself, he thinks of the cell that Joker was always kept in whenever he brought Joker here. It's uh, cell 0801, um, 801, the eighth and first letters of the alphabet, H-A. Um, I love that. Which, okay, <laughs> just, I think, just... I think that's, that, that's an idea first brought up in the killing joke, honestly. Like, that's, Did it that's... say that? In... Yeah. It, 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 it says 801? It's, it's 0801, like that. Wow. Those numbers, uh, they, they're there. Um, and I, I love the use of shadow here. Um, like, you can also physically see a bat trapped in the web in that first panel um, mm-hmm. up in the right-hand corner. Yeah. Uh, as well as... as uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sort of, I think this, uh, the sequence of the comic... Basically, the rest of this issue is kind of what got to me the most. Oh yeah, this sequence is, is really gets under your skin. Um, yeah. So as Batman like makes his way to Joker's cell, um, uh, a, a, an employee of Arkham uh, comes in, Eric, Mr. Er- Eric Border, who um, was introduced in Graveyard Shift. Yes, uh, in the second annual, which mm-hmm. is, and and it's the second annual is basically from his point of view, sort of from his point of view, just as you know this gung ho guy from Metropolis who wants to help cure the sick. Uh, and he's a very sweet character, and you learn to really like him. Yeah, and the fact that they made him such a genuine character even before this is 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 what yeah. really seals this scene. Um, so as uh, Eric begins to unveil his plan, he traps uh, Batman behind a cell. Um, uh, Eric says, um, "You really don't recognize me, do you? I admit I didn't think you would." There was the whole mu- uh, there were the muscle relaxers which wore off just a little while ago. Hard to keep my face this way, I admit. The pigmentation too. Do you think? Uh, do you know how much? Uh, af- I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Um, uh, and such I had to take today is just makeup, which is why I stood at a distance. But still, of course, there's the new mug. The name though, Eric comes from A E E I whatever. Which is proto Norse meaning eternal, and uh, and Rick's, uh, which means gothic, meaning prince. And border is a homophone for um uh, for for border, which is an an obsolete word for jester. 
And so Eric Borders' facade completely drops, revealing the Joker on this wonderful full page saying, you miss me, and it's probably my favorite drawing that Capullo ever does of the Joker. I love this one. It is it is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, like, ooh, At which point my Joker pulls say. out the old decaying face from Death of the Family, starts stretching it out in front of him, stretches it into a frown, no less. Um, oh, I love it. It's so good. And he talks about how he's unleashing this chemical across the city. People are turning all over Gotham. Um, and it's so good. Like, just it, it really does feel like Joker's plan has fallen completely into place here. And it really could not work any better in his favor. Yeah. Um, and what's fascinating, what's fascinating is that, that this, this, this issue ends with the Joker, with the Joker has this monologue, um, where he's like, I used to think we could have fun, you and me, but no, now I know you better. But here's the funny thing, me, you don't actually know a thing about me, do you? I'm still a total stranger. You might pretend you know me, but deep down, oh, you'll see, though. You'll see soon enough. Yes, time to slit the, slit the goat's throat, old friend. And I promise you one thing. When you come out of it, everyone in Gotham, the whole city will be laughing at you. And then he shoots Batman, presumably in the face. And that is that. As a, as a fly flies across there, perfectly paralleling the end of Death of the Family. And then we go into Batman 37, which is the cover of the trade collection. Which, And yeah. then, on top of that, we get a parallel to Death of the Family about him staring into Joker's face. The, the whole monologue there where they show Joker's face, um, this time seeing uh, Bruce in this like pained, still expression. Um, and I, I just basically really like that parallel. Par- basically, li- literally paralyzed and back in the Batcave while Alfred and Julia are trying to at least get some analysis on the Joker toxin as <clears throat> Gotham City goes to shit. As, like, it, as it always does. Like... Like, um, almost immediately, the city collapses. Um, and Bruce is just trying to be like, right, I need to stop him. I need to figure out. And this is where this is this is where we get some very, very some very interesting pieces of character development in general. Right. Uh, first, we find out this Joker toxin spreads like a virus. So uh, this issue is doing pandemic horror. Um which is I just it lovely. It does, it does it so well. Um, and uh, you, you just, you see this idea that, you know, that even though they've tried to, you know, cure some people, they just, they just keep laughing. And the laughing is the way it spreads, which is so terrifying. Like, well, yeah, I mean, the way it's like laid out, like, you know, Bruce says, um, uh, a laugh is a series, a series of di- diaphragmatic spasms, coughs in a rapid fire, a virus that spreads like laughter damn <laughs> um which is great i just i, I just it, it's perfectly joker that he's thought of even that um and the idea is that the, this virus just keeps mutating um, um bruce asks about like you know how, how much how they've tested like antitoxins uh steroids anything that like might help to counteract it and julia's like we tried all of them literally all of them nothing is working um which is uh, again terrifying because you know this the joker toxin is deadly and they don't know how deadly this one is Mm -hmm. um uh then bruce calls one jim gordon and i love 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 this so much gordon's phone starts ringing for batman and it's it's i fought the law on the law one (laughs) which is 
One, <laughs> that's a customized ringtone. Yes, that he you put in you, specifically for his friend Batman. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, also Bruce is going to try to find basically patient zero uh, yeah. to find the source of the infection, see what we can do there, and and maybe find a cure that way. Uh, we also find out that there's it's been a, cu- a couple of days for the per- for the for for the um, uh, paralyzing agent that got Bruce to actually wear off. So like. Time is passing, and that's that's just scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but there's this um, the, just this this great great idea that at the church and and with Gordon Snyder's doing Night of the Living Dead. Like, oh yeah, have yeah, the way he like boarded himself up in here. He's got like literal wood planks over the walls. Like <laughs> it's it's great. You see this um, red haired Jokerized woman trying to break in mm-hmm. um batman does this little like fly over the city and sees just how many people are turned and how fast it's spreading and, um, and this whole idea is that it's 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 it makes you go after your loved ones first yeah uh which which, which is which again has no it has no basis in science there's no way that there that anything like that would ever work but and, and especially for a run like Snyder's, which has been so like so at least attempted based in fact, you know? Um, well, I think it fits really well here because the story is going for a mythic quality. Well, yeah, yeah, because we get... of, well yeah, because of what Snyder's going for with Joker specifically here. Yeah, and the fact that it's it's the idea of something that, you know, just... Just, that just, it's going to break Bruce. Yeah. It's going to break him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bruce makes it uh, to, to to the hospital where he's... He's going to try and find, um, basically, basically try to find patient zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Gordon is uh, researching into uh, uh, into like some old uh, newspaper articles, and he finds this picture um, where Joker is just sort of lurking in the background. Uh, what, what is of, of it's of Gotham Presbyterian, the the hospital where where patient zero is. Mm-hmm. And when do they say the uh, the newspaper is from? Um, 1910. Love it. Uh, and so you just see, like, in the shadows behind it all, like, Joker's face, like, poking through there. Um, and Gordon then continues to look through, like, other newspaper articles. Something in 1946. Yeah, 1946. And it's, it's this first interesting idea of, like, the Joker as the idea of the pale man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which... then Gordon pulls out a picture of his children together with a white arm in a in, in um uh in a nurse's uh outfit scrubs or, yeah scrubs that's oh my god i couldn't think of the word yeah, just just um, creeking through the door through. yeah and, and also interestingly when like gordon is like still looking through these i love this one panel here where you can see the reflection in his glasses and it almost looks like brian boland's uh joker drawings from killing yes Joe. I which, love that with the with the gleaming eyes, like oh, it's so good. Which is, which is intentional, especially with some of the alternate covers uh, for some of these issues. Yeah, uh, yeah. specifically homaging Killing Joke, mm-hmm. um, as well as homaging the mask, mm-hmm. which is that's a choice. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, um, Gordon hears a noise. He goes over to his closet. A purple boxing glove comes punching out, and it, it takes him out, and then. Joker's not even in there. He's under Gordon's bed. Another callback to Death of the Family. Yep. Which, um, ah, again, and terrifying. Then, 
Batman goes to find his patient Zero, and it is none other than Joe Chill. <laughs> so this time it's personal. Yes. Like, Very personal. So personal that afterwards, as Batman leaves, he, uh, there's a recreation of the night his parents died. Uh, a family walking out of uh, seeing Zorro. Not just any family. The family of Duke Thomas. Who, which, oh god, this just, this hurts. Like, as Joker crawls out from under Gordon's bed like a zombie himself. Like, like he's saying like, oh, come on now, Jimbo. I've got so much new material to test out. And you just see how absolutely perfect this plan is that Joker has put together. So much so that you almost feel in this moment like Joker knowing who Batman is is the least of his worries. You know? Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. But Joker is just going to straight up kill Jim Gordon here. Like, he doesn't care at this point. Joker, you really do feel like, does not care about playing games, getting to Batman, putting on shows. He's just He just wants to kill him. He wants to kill everybody he knows, loves, cares about, and then kill Bruce. Yes, uh, and... This is also the art style, like in in the, the crime alley, like see, scene. It's a set. It looks like a German expressionist thing. Like this feels like it's from Nosferatu or the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And mm-hmm. for this entire sequence, um, this is where the colors really get that sort of Italian cinema, like dark, deep reds that mm-hmm. just contrast everything. Yeah. Um, and then, like, this, the two scenes start playing side by side as as the Duke Thomas Joe Chill thing goes into, like, these deep blues and all of Gordon's house is on fire as Joker comes at him with an axe. It's so good. It's such a good moment. We parallel, like, Gordon aiming his gun at Joker with Joe Chill aiming the gun at, at Duke and, and his parents. Um, all, uh, all leading up to Joe Chill, of course, shooting the gun uh, as as Jim does as well, actually supposedly killing the Joker, leaving him on the ground there. Um, and uh, all these other Jokerized patients uh, uh, start attacking Batman and, and Duke and all them. Uh, Batman goes to get Duke out of there as his parents are taken by Joker toxin. And Gordon then is literally crying over the fact that he just killed the Joker because he's just so happy about it. <laughs> I know it's bleak, Batman. I know it seems like like it's all well burning. But at the least, at least there's that. Yeah. As the Joker just gets up behind him. Um, Batman bursts through a wall with Duke. And uh, continues on the call with Gordon. Joker picks up Gordon's phone and says, Hello, Bruce. Ending issue 37. Bring uh, us into issue 38. Ed- Okay. I wanted okay. On your first read, I have to know your thoughts going through at this going through it at this moment. So so my 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 brain is like, okay. He's somehow immortal and somehow immortalized himself throughout history. I didn't think it was going to be he's actually immortal. Oh. And and as Snyder so wonderfully does in most of his other arcs, he still plays around with is what's actually happening here the truth, you know? Yes. Bring, us, bring us back to Court of Owls. Is Lincoln March actually Bruce's brother? Is the Joker, um, does the Joker actually know uh, all the identities of all the Bat family? Um, and here, does, does, I mean, obviously he knows that Batman's Bruce, but is he actually immortal? How long has the Joker existed? Really been around. Um, yeah. Was was the Zero issue and the stuff in Zero Year where you saw the birth of the Joker there? 
Or like the killing joke, was this an example of multiple choice? Yeah. Um, oh my god, it's so good. I, I think it's I think it's utterly fascinating that um, Snyder then give for this one gives essentially definitive answers of what's true uh, mm-hmm. and what isn't. Um, and, and it's I think it's really cle- I think it's just really clever. Um, and, and there's just some things that he does in the back half of this story arc that I, that I fucking love. Like, yeah. And we are about to enter that back half. Yes. So, uh, so we open on, uh, our title page, of course, um, Batman is taking Duke through the city, um, brings Duke over to, um, to Gordon's place, um, going up to see Gordon. Gordon has an ax lodged into his chest and, uh, and Gordon is, is still kind of making jokes. Which you might think, oh, is, is is he infected or is he just Jim Gordon trying to see like something good coming from the fact that he has a fucking axe in his chest? <laughs> um, but then as uh, as Batman talks to Duke, uh, Gordon gets up behind him, full on Joker pose, face and everything. It, it like Jim Gordon has never looked more terrifying. Um, he we picks do up the, the shining axe. bit. Basically. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, he, he does. He does the shining. Um and uh, and then uh, or Julia comes in and shoots two trank darts into into Gordon, uh, knocking him out, of course. And then uh... and she she comes in with this witty one liner. I know, I know, but I'm just not a bloody cave person. Um, <laughs> and again, I I love that one thing with Julia is that she kind of for a lot of the first half up until sort of the very end, I, I, probably until issue like thirty nine, she represents the entire Bat family. Basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, mainly, be- but not because, like, the rest of the Bat family's pushed away. They're just doing other things um, mm-hmm. at the moment. And what I think is, like, I was interestingly going in expecting, like, no Bat family at all. Like, mm-hmm. I was expecting. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. well <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Look, I, that's an expectation I'm glad that he proved wrong on because <laughs> Batman. My thesis about Batman as a character is that he's just better when he has a family. I agree. I agree. Um, but speaking of Bat family, as uh, Julia takes Duke away, um, Batman then contacts Dick Grayson, um, who you knew at this time what had been Nightwing's death was fake, and and he he is, this is the, Agent this is Grayson. This is the first time Dan DiDio put Night Nightwing out of commission. Um, uh, this time, apparently. Apparently this one's actually good though. He becomes a super spy. It's also written by Tom King. I've not read the Grayson series, but it's it's Tom King and Mikkel Hannon. Like that's a great creative team on that. Um, yeah. um but what's yeah. what's what's also interesting is that we also find out there's basically a timer. Is that you know it's deadly, and we don't necessarily like we don't necessarily know how long it'll it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that that Dick is just in this quoting of oh, Mister Malone. Yeah. Well, yeah, because at this point, like you know, you, you never really know like who's who's listening. You know, just how far yeah. Joker has has rooted himself into the city. Um, yes, which, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I almost cheered when Dick showed up. I'm like, yes, he's here. <laughs> we are in good hands. Yeah, Snyder also nails the Dick Grayson characterization. Like. Like, no matter what form Dick Grayson comes in, like, Snyder just nails that characterization. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, uh, Dick is sort of like guiding Batman through the city as they're they're talking about what's going on. My favorite bit here is is easily when like Batman goes like running around this corner and Dick is like, no, no don't go there. And Batman's like, just shut the fuck up. I got this. And he goes around the corner. And there's just a fucking tank there that that, sh- that fires on him, um, which is great. again just just terrifying image. This is apocalypse coming to Gotham City, um, and. Like, it's infecting the United States military. Um, And what I think is really great is here's where we actually start making connections to the other two Scott Snyder arcs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which is why, which is partially why I think this really works as a possible ending, because we're tying every arc that Snyder has done so far Mm -hmm. back together. Like, um, like basically, we find out that, you know... um, Basically, the team that Dr. Death was working for in Zero Year was possibly working on the uh, Joker toxin current mm-hmm. uh, with two other doctors, um, uh, including a Dr. Paul, uh, a Dr. Paul Decker, um, who, you know, we're going to see. And it turns out that, you know, that Decker was in Arkham and was released on orders by one Eric Border. Yes. So, again terrifying so and then Batman Bruce decides tell, Bruce tells Bruce tells Dick that the Joker knows who we are mm-hmm. um, and I like that Bruce is so open with Dick in this moment you know like like like, he, like those barriers that we saw in those previous two uh, the, in those first two arcs are, are almost like no longer there they, um, like and, and but it doesn't feel like his defenses are down it feels yeah. like he's finally trusting But you can just tell that, that his relationship with the Bat family has sort of mended since family, um, especially considering the death of Damien. I think Snyder really did take a lot of that into account when uh, when, when characterizing Bruce in these later issues. Yes, and I, 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 I love it as an idea. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so uh, Bruce decides to go see... Uh, 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 Decker, and we get this great little uh, just full page here of these like expanding panels of Joker diving into this pool and swimming towards the reader. I just it's it's terrifying. I it, love it. <laughs> Capullo so, is 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 a horror author. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I, it's just like, and he's wearing like the least threatening costume too. It's just like an all black swimsuit. He's got these goofy like green goggles on. And he yeah, just it makes it swimming. all the scarier somehow. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Because and like this yeah. is basically the costume he's kind of in for the rest of the arc too. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's great. But and, we go to see Decker, and uh, uh, we and... start with some musings on the possibilities of immortality. Um, referencing uh the hydra which of course is a piece of greek myth but also an actual like organism that exists it's a microorganism called a hydra because it kind of acts like a hydra you cut off a limb and it it, it grows it back um it, which mm, just just interesting interesting ideas as well as you know uh lobsters because yeah lobsters are kind of effectively immortal theoretically um and we we see decker so is okay is Decker like an established Batman character? I don't believe so. Well, isn't there like a Batman character called like Crazy Quilt? Mm, you're probably right. You sounded I, pretty sure of that when you said that. I was like, I think, I think this is, I think like the the sort of blanket he's wrapped in is like Crazy Quilt, who I, I'm pretty sure was a, like a Silver Age character. 
I believe so. Yeah, I think that is that is technically meant to be him. Yes, it is. Not... I just Googled it. Yeah, though crazy. he has never been turned into Crazy Quilt since. Crazy Quilt, um, real name, Paul Decker. So... Hot damn. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, so Snyder's also just going for obscure Batman villains. Well, he was already in Zero yeah. Year. But he's doing it even more, which is great. Um, and... You also see, you know, this this painting he's done of Joker coming out of the water um, in one panel. And he, he, he has the ramblings of a madman where you're you're trying to figure out like. Well, no, that's isn't that supposed to be Raish? Oh, yeah, it is. Raish. Yeah. They, yeah. They show Raish on the next page there. Right. right, right. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. So with, with other again, other legendary ideas of rising out of the waters and becoming immortal. Um, mm hmm. Throughout the speech, uh, and I really six... want to know because it's it's pretty clear at this point what Cider is going for. Um, your thoughts on the immortal Joker thing? I mm, I kind of like it as an idea, but not necessarily as like the physical j man, the Joker, always being mm. the Joker. See, uh, I love it here. I really, really do, and I think like Snyder's probably the only writer that could really make it work. Yeah, and it becomes pretty clear. It becomes pretty, yeah, it becomes pretty clear like why things like the three Jokers exist. You know, why we just wanted to say like, okay, different writers' interpretations of the Joker should probably be separated, not not yeah. necessarily as separate characters, but just you know, don't go trying to say that you know, killing joke Joker is probably the same guy here. You know, yeah. Those are uh, separate guys because yeah. Alan writes a totally different backstory for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just think that's important to note here. And um, but I do think Snyder, in going for the immortal Joker thing, I think it should definitely be taken as fact here and at face value. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think I also I think it's brilliant to tie it to Ra's al Ghul and then Vandal Savage. Um, <laughs> Savage isn't the character I'm the most familiar with. Um, I know they did him in the Arrowverse. Uh, yeah, um, he was like a Legends of Tomorrow thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I saw like the pilot for Legends of Tomorrow. Wasn't he like the villain of the first season though? Maybe. Maybe. I know. I know. I watched like the first two seasons of Legends, but it's mostly a blur to me. <laughs> I, I only watched the first couple of episodes because Arthur Darville was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Which, remember. Like, I remember always thinking at the time that um that uh Matt Smith should have played Booster Gold in the CW. Ooh. That would have. Like, do, you know, do you know the thing with Arthur Dar with Rip Hunter as a character? No, but he's he's Booster Gold's son. Oh, oh, I want now. I want that to happen though. Yeah, yeah. See, see what I'm saying? That's like perfect casting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so Decker yeah. Decker Pepper's in a lot of a lot of references. He tries to shoot Batman down, um, but you know he's been monologuing. Batman. Hangs him by his quilt outside of sort of the window. Um, and uh, I, I'd like to just focus in on this idea of um, that, uh, like, that he was able to synthesize this Dionysium as sort of a chemical to give the Joker eternal life and, and, and regenerate his face. I, I love how Decker, Decker sort of hang up the window says, for a bat, you don't listen well. Do you? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Extinct for hundreds of years, but it's in him because he's one of them. He's Gotham's own Dionysian man. 
Dionysus, the god of madness and tragedy. The very word tragedy means goat song in ancient Greek. For all the goats slaughtered to him. And don't you know, don't you see the the Gotham is the great sacrifice. So welcome, Batman, to the last Bacchanal. Um, again, a lot of Greek myth references there. Um, so a Bacchanal is like just a mad drunk party of revelry. Uh, huh. So that's essentially what this is. Dionysus as a mythic figure has a very interesting history of different sort of incarnations on when he sort of entered what I guess what you could call the Greek canon. Um, also, where we get the, the words, uh, the, the idea of Zagreus um, or Zagreus. Um, uh, and what just what's it's really interesting here of connecting the Joker to Dionysus in particular. You know, I know I'm showing you like like this whole podcast is me showing you like funny cape shit, but I feel like I get like a history lesson every episode. It's well, nice. Then, listen, that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> this is this is this is why I'm irreplaceable. This um, is true. This is true. Though I have joked about taking you off the podcast many a time. Yes. Um, anyway, so uh, um, uh, Decker here has has like convinced himself that that he is is supposed to be like the next um, uh, the next immortal. Yeah, and so he uh, he like has like this this um this needle that Joker gave him that he believes will make him immortal, and he injects himself with it, and he just begins to immediately decompose and he die melts there. basically, and it's yeah. terrifying. Oh yeah, again. Also, we find out we find out quickly everyone's gonna die in twenty four hours. Yes, because oh boy, um, because things are only getting worse, and so. Batman says, uh, well, Julius says to Batman, Batman, are you there? Batman, to which Bruce says, this can't be real. This ca- It can't end this way. It can't. Julius says, what are you going to do? Batman says, something I never thought I would. The next panel goes black, and then we end the issue on a full page of Batman standing in water in the labyrinth, the same labyrinth from the Court of Owls in front of said Court of Owls, to which Batman says, all right, let's talk let's about, about history. history. At this and point, I am like, Okay, this is the end. <laughs> I know, like you weren't expecting that at all, right? Like that had to come as like the biggest shock there. <laughs> like what? Well, just like what the hell? Um, well, think like, think about it even. Like if we're delving into Joker's roots in Gotham, Gotham. you know, yeah. If, I mean, if we're going back to the roots of Gotham, you know, who else do we go to? Um, it's great. It's a great idea. And then I love the cover of Thirty Nine. Uh, yes. quick question: Were were the, were the court like the big bad behind Eternal? Uh, I kind of want to answer that, but I don't want to either. Do you want? Were they, do you want me to, were, were they at least involved? One in member of the court was okay because it feels like they might have been just from... well. Uh, I kind of want to tell you because it's not going to really ruin your reading experience. He only shows up in the last couple issues of Eternal, and it's Lincoln March. Ah, yeah. Which that makes some of the references to Lincoln March in this story make a bit more sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, if I remember correctly, the court doesn't actually show up themselves, but Lincoln March is there. So. Okay. So they're, they're, but they're clearly involved if Lincoln March is there. Mm-hmm. Um, so issue 39. Um, and here was where we kind of reflect on the death of Batman. Uh, and I love this opening here. So uh, in Batman's inner monologue, uh, my enemies have a secret pact. They don't think I know about it, but I do. The pact is, on the day I die, they will shine the bat signal over the city. It was Joker's idea. A light in the, in the sky to commemorate me. A bat hanging upside down at rest. Seeing it now, it's like the city thinks I'm dead already, and I'm narrating my own funeral from deep in the underworld. 
In this underworld, Batman is talking to the court, and the court is just kind of toying with him. You know, they're they're almost like happy that he came to them. Because it's this, it's this idea again. One, we're following Greek Greek tragic hero trajectory. This being a literal going into the underworld once again, um, and the court here essentially representing essentially representing gods. They have forbidden knowledge, and they aren't going to give like they aren't giving it to him. They're they're telling him things he basically already knows. Like mm-hmm. he already knows there's a corrupted version of the Dionysium. Uh, he knows that the Joker has the pure version. Mm-hmm. And then they have him look up at this giant marble model of Gotham City hanging upside down. And they declare they're just going to let the city burn. And the way Batman reacts to this is is just brilliant. Like, Gotham is still his city, and he's still going to save it, damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he throws a battering at it, and uh, and the the marble uh, model like drops into the into the water below, and out comes this talon here. Not just any talon, but it's supposed to be um, uh, he was one of the first talons, um, Uriah. Uh, did they say his last name? They, they Uriah, say... Uriah, Uriah Uriah Boone. Yeah. Um, and uh, I lo- I love this old like classic talon costume here. It's it's, it's a really cool idea. Um, it also looks com- more like a rat than an owl. Yeah, places, yeah. Which I think it's interesting. This, this, this like Grim Reaper scythe thing, um, and it's great. I just I love it. Um, this is a great fight between them. Um, and Batman is, is like was pretty much like counting on this on this guy coming out. Um, and so uh, so Batman says, uh, just tell me one thing. Was he around then? Was he around when, uh, when you were acted four hundred years ago? The Joker, the Pale Man, was he? To which we don't actually get the answer to that, but we can assume he's correct that that, that he is yes. that he, oh, he was. Um, well, still is, I guess. Um, and so Batman resurfaces. He's fighting off these um, uh, just, these just people. Jokerized people. Um, and and he's uh, monologuing, continuing his monologue, essentially about coming to terms with death, uh, mm-hmm. reminiscing about uh, a, a point where where Dick Grayson was Robin um, so many years ago. All eight of them. This is the new 52. <laughs> hey, hey, give it credit. It was like nine years ago. <laughs> okay, nine years. Um, but yeah, and it's, this feels like, oh, he's, he is fully expecting not to make it out of this alive. Yeah. And, um, uh, and then we go to like the best scene here in this issue. Um, Joker, uh, we find out where he was swimming to in the last issue. Um, he makes his way to the Batcave. Um, he, he surfaces here. Um, we see his face is all fucked up, like the side of his face is like acid burned almost. Um, and Probably so getting he, through the Batcave's like underwater defenses. Because well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what Alfred says. He, that's what Alfred says. He made it through the, the cave's defenses. Um, but Alfred is the first one to greet him. He, he shoots at Joker takes off with a, a piece sh- of his ear with a shotgun. Um, interestingly, he misses Joker and shoots open the glass case that the Red Hood Dome is in. Yes. Uh, and that falls out. So, uh, But then... <laughs> oh, I love this moment. But it's so fucked up. Um, yeah. Joker, uh, Joker hides from Alfred and waits until Alfred gets close enough. Um, comes up with this, uh, this, this like, butcher's cleaver. knife. Yeah, it's a cleaver. Um, and, and cleaves uh, off his hand. Poor Alfred. Oh my god, look at that. Oh, that is so fucked up. Um, 
So another thing that I'm sure like, you know, Snyder, Snyder did like a lot of things with his run, um, but something as, as like permanent as that, I'm sure like you weren't expecting at all, right? I was not. I imagine Alfred gets his hand back though, eventually. Um, I, you know what? I haven't paid attention to Alfred's hand much since well, post New 52. I'm going it's to at pay least that, to It's at least that way for the rest of the New 52. So Okay, so this has lasting consequences. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also, interestingly, I want you to put this in perspective for a second. We're on issue 39. There were only about 13 more months of New 52 publishings after this issue. You're right. They they only went on for about a year after the story was over. Right, because then because then rebirth happened and yep. yeah, so just yeah. putting that perspective, like how far we've come in this run. Like issue four, issue forty was, I believe, the cutoff point when the new fifty two stopped labeling itself the new fifty two, and it was just a regular DC comic. Right, because this is and this is why the the collect edition doesn't have the new fifty two branding. Yep, which and why it has the new logo and everything. Or or no, sorry, the new logo starts on the next book, I think. Yes, um, yeah, because I mine still has the old logo. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Julie gets back in contact with Batman, mm-hmm. um, and we find out Alfred is stable. Alfred's mm-hmm. not going to die in this story. Thank God. Nope. <laughs> Because that would that would hurt. Oh like, my god. <laughs> you... <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um... <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Um... You'll know why I find that funny in many many years probably. Okay. Um... <laughs> anyway. Uh... I lost my train of thought. Okay. So Joker puts on a Jack Nicholson style parade. Yes. Um... Yes. And I gotta be honest, I read this scene for my for the reread, and the only thing that was going through my head was the Prince song that plays yes, during this yes. scene in '89. <laughs> and he's on top of a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, a Joker painted dinosaur. I love and it. I think, I think it's. I think the idea is that these are all just things he stole from the Batcave. Oh yeah. Well, other than I guess the floats behind him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love the giant balloon, the clown balloons behind him though. They're great. Um, but also just like. Joker looks so goddamn deranged here. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the the right hand page here of this spread, the the left panel on that one. Like that face, he he's so far gone. Yeah, he's so far gone at this point. Um, well, this is this is sort of where I, I have a feeling that that basically this is all. The rest of this is essentially the dance macabre, the dance of death. Everything mm. is is dancing to a conclusion. Yeah, um, the yeah. Joker shouts out something about lumber, doing a lumbering dance to mm-hmm. just the right chords. Which and so Batman calls out that he's 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 baiting him. He knows what he's doing. Um, apparently, it's, it's, the, so, the Dionysium is in his spine, spine. The lumbar. Um, yes, which is yeah. clever wordplay. Um, and it's at this point where Bruce finally has a fucking plan. Like, and so he he gets the family together. Um, we we have we have Barbara, uh, um, uh, Tim, Jason, Jason. and uh, Harper. Right. They're all together, and joining them is the Rogues Gallery. The, the Rogues. This was the killer. twist where where my brain was like, oh, you know what? This works. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy and all that. Um, we have Croc, Scarecrow, Bane, Clayface, Mister Freeze, Poison Ivy, and Penguin. It's a great lineup. It's a really great lineup of villains. Um, 
And Batman just wants them to work together. Because if nothing else, if it is the end of Batman, Batman does not want it to be the end of Gotham City. Yeah, and I, I think I think just I think this is a really hard thing to pull off. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the villains, one, the villain, the rogues he chose were all perfect. Were all pretty much perfect choices because, like, say if he chose the Riddler, the Riddler wouldn't. He yeah, yeah. The Riddler's um, also not physically capable. Like these are all physically capable villains. Like he and he 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 chose villains who have possible like have the potential uh, mostly who a lot of them who have potential for redemption and mm-hmm. in some cases especially in the case of Poison Ivy kind of have had redemption over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I love the way they're characterized. Yeah. So before we go into this final fight, uh, Joker looks on in his binoculars and uh, and says, perfect. And now, friends, for the best trick of all. And we go into Batman number 40, which I remember seeing this cover for the first time when it was revealed that this issue was coming out. And everyone had already known, oh, they're going to kill off Bruce or something. Um, And they were just like, it's people were, I remember people hated this cover because it was just so ugly for a send off to Bruce Wayne as a character. Um, Um, Well, I don't think they understand what it's. My my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. But I remember those being the complaints at the time that they were like, they're like, oh, that's, that's an awful cover. But I I think it's perfect. It's, I mean, it's, it's St. George and the dragon. Mm -hmm. It's with the story and this very mythic story that's been peppered with references to several different mythologies is ending with a suitably mythic cover. And it's designed like stained glass. Um, and, like, it might be my favorite cover of, of, of the volume, honestly. Nice, like, nice. Like, just, just for what it represents. What I, think it I, I think I might love the the uh, the bloody Superman one. If for nothing else, just as its own piece of art. It's it's yeah. it's so cool. Um, and I mean it helps it helps that the covers none of the covers miss. They all do Oh yeah. Something. I mean they're 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 all Capullo. They all absolutely nail like, it. If I had to say probably the first one was kind of the weakest. Yeah, only because it, it's the one that like it's the one that like least pertains to the story, I'd say. Yeah. You know. And, and it's a mystery. So Batman number 40. This is it. This but, is it, it, it's it's I think this is probably in this run, at least, the most event issue we've covered. Yeah, this is... Because I don't think you've ever... Other than, like, Jason Todd, which was meant to be permanent. This is, like, the first, like, you know, sort of... Because it happens a lot in comics. This is the first, like, I guess, gimmicky death you've you've Very, read. very gimmicky. But Snyder doesn't treat it... I Snyder does treat it like the end of Bruce Wayne. He, he treats it. He treats it with with the weight that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Even and, though, uh, even though everybody knows they're gonna bring back Bruce in a few issues, you know, no, nobody's fooled by that. You know, maybe a year at the most. Yeah, which uh, I, I, Snyder still treats it with gravity, and and um, it, it feels like he he also wants to specifically do it, at least the fallout different from what Morrison had done. Um. When they had, you know, killed off Bruce Wayne in, in Final Crisis and had Dick become Batman. Because, yeah, okay, for the audience, I have been told going into Super Heavy that it's Jim Gordon as Batman. Which mm. is what makes me really want to read it because that sounds mm. like a fascinating idea. It's uh, it's a cool idea because Gordon is not the ideal Batman, you know? Well, no, um, he's, he, he's, he's a flawed person. I remember actually, I don't know how much it's going for now, but I actually, because I, I, t- I told you already I wasn't getting the issue, the series in single issues as it was coming out. Um, 
But I did pick up Batman number 41, which was the debut Gordon as Batman issue. I don't know how much it's going for now, but I have that still as a single issue. Interesting. Um, um, yeah. Anyway. Yes. But yeah, so we open where it all began, or possibly began. Um, again. Uh, where Batman trying to save Red Hood 1 from, from the vat of acid. From a vat of acid. A boy, another boy, a vat of acid. <laughs> like many Inter- DC interestingly love stories. Here, interestingly here, I think Capullo draws this recreation of the scene more like how he drew Ace Chemicals in the present day with Death of the Family when Harley was there, rather yes. than how it was actually portrayed in Zero Year. We don't see the bottom half of his face. We don't see the smile. We don't see all these vast colors and the fire that was going on around them. It's it feels me. more personal. Which which works because it's supposed to be a memory. Um, yeah, yeah. It's meant to be how, how Batman remembers that very important moment in his life. And of uh, course, memory, memory cheats. Yeah. And then we get our title page, which is just... This amazing spread where you have, you know, the Bat Bat family and the rogues working together. Um, I love how every character gets at least a little bit of a time to shine in, like, one bit of dialogue. Like, Jason has a line at one point that I remember, like, actually kind of laughing at just because Jason Todd's dramatic. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, But you have, you know, uh, the Joker has this monologue. Look at him. He keeps coming against all against all odds. Even even though it's futile, that's our boy. Here, take a look, my dear. You must be so proud. As he then dances with a skeleton in a dress on the head of a dinosaur. <laughs> it's so good. We have entered over the top. You have Poison Ivy essentially using her plants to basically slow things down. Bane throwing Batman yeah. towards the T-Rex. Yep. And I love it as if like they planned this out, you know, as if like Bruce Wayne and Bane like made a game plan. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's just a cool idea. Um, so he tosses them all over, over to the T Rex. Um, uh, Joker pulls out a chainsaw <laughs> trying to get him off of there. Um, just this great little fight on top of the dinosaur. Um, more fighting out in the crowd. Uh, oh yeah, and then Batman goes for um, goes for Joker's spine, and Joker calls out that. Um, uh, he, uh, he says, I really thought that would be easy. Even after all, all this time, you still crack me up. What's that? I can't hear you over the 100, 140 decibels of mirth. He sets off like this thing in the crowd. Um, I did tell you, though, the last time you'd ever hear would, uh, would, would be the city laughing at you. And I guess now all, all it's left to do is add one, my, one uh, is add mine to the chorus and close the curtain. As for the gas, nothing funny about it, I'm afraid. Just good old death in a can. It won't affect my friends, though, or only yours, the party crashers. It's fast, too. Acts in seconds. Deep breath. And then it so keeps explaining and explains even more. Um, he goes on further, uh, eventually getting to the point. Here we go. Um... Uh, a small, uh, small reserve. Oh shit! I am dropping everything. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, where am I trying to get to? Where he says that he doesn't actually have the Dionysian. Oh, he does have the Dionysian in his spine, but he, but it won't be active. Like if, even if he extracted it, like it wouldn't work. Um, it would like dry up in seconds. He says. And I can't find that in the dialogue. Jesus. <laughs> There it is. Okay. It was literally the next panel that I had to read. Yeah. The, the nectar of my neck, I already tainted it. That's right. It's not extractable. Even if you'd harvested my honey, it would have dried up in your hands. But, 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 here's the kicker. <laughs> oh, this is good, because take a look, Batsy. 
See, there is still some Dionysian adults. That's right, a small reserve, but it's there deep under Gotham, through the winding tunnels and twisting traverses, down at the very bedrock hidden wired to blow. If only you'd known your city better, if only you'd been the bat king it needed, but you're nothing more than a little boy crying for his parents, the most human weakness of all. Who's will be sad, baby bat? We'll watch it, we'll, well, you watch it all go night night, but see, those same eyes that saw Mommy and Daddy gunned down. Those lying, lying eyes of Bruce. What, what the fuck? And it's okay, so okay. This twist got me. I was yeah. like, because my brain was like, okay, Dick's not here, but he's off being a super spy. So like, why would he be here? Yeah, but the Joker pulls off Batman's mask, and it's Dick Grayson there, which is even which is even better because you literally just called out that uh, uh, about Dick, the Dick Grayson Batman era. Um, so that's yeah, but yeah, it's Dick here, and uh, and Bruce has actually escaped. He's gone down into the reserve. He's 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 gone to the pit, um, and he's he's succeeding. He he has successfully tricked the Joker. You actually see the fear on Joker's face, the fact that he, his he, plan didn't actually work out how it wanted. He is the god swooping in at the last minute to save the day and save <laughs> our heroes, uh, which is which is really really interesting. Um, and I, well, I love that this was all just a distraction. And I love that it that it essentially works. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Julia just 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 always in contact, trying to get him to hurry up and get the fuck out of there because it's going to blow any second. Mm-hmm. So he uh, so he does extract it though. Um, he he gets it like this little like bat ball thing, um, and uh, and he's he's ready to send it up. When of course everything starts starts blowing up, and Joker comes in and stabs Batman in the neck, and we get this wonderful sequence. Where Joker flipping around like he's Dick Grayson, um, uh, st- uh, has with two knives, stabs one in in, in, uh, in Batman's like shoulder blade. It makes a big gash across his lower back, and so stabs the other knife. Smiling. Then yeah, then the other knife in his other shoulder blade, and so he literally has a smile on carved onto his back. While and, explosions are going off, and this cave is going to blow. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Batman like uh, like takes like this like uh, like cinder almost that's like falling from the ceiling, smashes into Joker's face. Joker does the same to him. They're both really fucked up and bloody. And oh my god, Greg Capullo is a horror artist. I know we always say this, but he's so good at it. Like this is so gory. <laughs> it is, but, but in 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 the most tasteful way. I think you know. I don't think it's like upsetting to look at. You know. No. It's just... it, it... It's 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 very nice to look at, and it, it just it makes sense mm-hmm. as this is you know the desperate final fight. Yeah, and it like, is meant to be like, just as horrible and bloody as it is. Like um, the, 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 Bruce essentially monologues that he's won, um, and Joker then basically can't handle it and has a stabs him, gets him on the ground, has this you know this great idea of how you know. He basically wanted a happy ending and didn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. it could, could have been funny. Um, yeah. And then uh, this this big, like, rock falls down from the ceiling, getting Joker in the back. Him and Bruce are both bleeding down on the ground. Um, as, as as things are falling from, this, uh, from the ceiling again, Joker reaches towards the pit as, as Bruce holds him back. Joker is so desperate here and wants nothing more than to survive at this point because he thinks this might actually be the end. And this is the great thing. It, it's similar to how Death of the Family ends because Batman actually gets under Joker's skin. He knows what Joker's afraid of in this moment. Um, and right now, in this story, 
Joker did just want to kill Batman, and Batman is not afraid of death. That it doesn't. Yeah. The idea doesn't scare him. He's ready to bleed out here with Joker. Um, we we find out that he he sent up Dionysium so that, that Gotham will have a cure. He put a a impure form from one of Decker's sort of concoctions into the masks that all that the Bat family and the Bat enemies wore. And uh, as as these final couple rocks fall down from the ceiling and and crash into the into the pit, completely sealing that off. And then the scene ends. Uh, Joker and, and Batman both bleeding out. Finally, a playing card shoved into Batman's eye. Um, Julia calls uh, Bruce. Um, Bruce, come in. The cave system is collapsing and your vitals, you're bleeding out. Joker's last line here is just no, no, no. It gets like smaller and smaller as he dies. Um, Julia says, listen to me. Op- uh, open the eye and take some of the Dionysium. Take it fast. Bruce says, no. Opening it could compromise the structure. Take the eye up now. Julia says, not without you. You can still... Bruce cuts her off, says, Julia, take it up. I'm just going to rest here a little while with my friend. As the cave system collapses, the uh, uh, the Dionysium is sent up. Everyone is saved. And that's that. We have one final little scene as an epilogue. Um, Julia is sitting by Alfred in, uh, in a hospital bed. Uh, or Gotham is... Yeah. Um, it's Gotham two weeks is... later... Gotham's putting up bat signals as tribute to, to, to the fallen Batman. Um, Alfred is still recovering from having his hand chopped off. And in the end, we find out that um, that Bruce left a little note for Alfred. Um, and this, she, she says that it, it, it's cryptic. It's it's nothing much. He She hands it to Alfred. Um, and Alfred says, um, uh, it, uh, he... Uh, she, uh, so Julia says, see what I mean? It's cryptic. He goes, yes, I do. Um, it means he was flawed. Julia says, flawed. Alfred says, he never liked uh, to look at his own death, Julia. He only thought of preventing it. But the last few days, I know he had to look at it many times in many ways. My hope was, and always has been, that somehow seeing it, understanding it, would lead him to find a way out. I've always known he'd never quit, but perhaps at least, like you said, he might find some greater prevention, some escape. But that's foolish, and it's why Joker, why he was wrong to uh, to tempt Batman with a happy ending. It's what he never really understood about Batman, with his offers of immortality and transcendence. It's the thing that Bruce knew to be true about Batman, more than anything else. The thing we all know deep down but don't like to admit. That the story of Batman is, and always will be, a tragedy. Bruce would never uh, uh, would, would never have let, let it be anything else. Batman could live forever. He could escape. But he doesn't. Uh, but he doesn't, doesn't. He dies. Just like every one of us, even though he doesn't have to. That's his flaw. But it's also his greatest strength. The very thing that makes him immortal. He says, we're in this together. He says, live bravely in the time you have and smile at the void. That's why the note says what it does. Why it's only one word. Why Batman's last message is, and always will be, ha. And we see the armor from the Gotham Theater at the beginning being taken to the dumpster. And that's where it ends. That's it. That is the, probably, I think, the best portrayal of Bruce Wayne's death I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, well, it's the only one that I've really seen. Well, yeah, the only one that I've really seen. Um, and it just kind of hits. Yeah, it goes hard. Um, I gotta know, though, since you know Bruce comes back, how do you think they do that? I feel like a Lazarus pit would be too easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it just feels too easy. Maybe, I don't know, maybe... Maybe Damien has something to do with it in mm-hmm. the end, being pissed that his father can't 
uh, survive. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I think it's something interesting. But what I think is also especially interesting is that it, his last, his death only lasted for basically like what, 10 issues total? Uh, yeah, something like that. I mean, because, well, you'll see. You'll see. Well, because I imagine at the end of at the end of the next arc, Bruce is back as Batman. Um, that is fair how, to say, and that's how, how that's how we end the Scott Snyder run. Hmm. But it feels like this is the ending, and what's come next? What comes next is just going to be the epilogue, hmm. like not not the volume called epilogue, because that's literally just the, the the last couple of issues that we we couldn't collect into a story arc. Hmm. Um, which, I, yeah. I think I think you'll be a little surprised by what we actually do get in the end. Yeah, that's that's what's going to be fascinating because because mm. I I don't know really what I don't know what's what the next Batman arc for the Snyder Run entails other than Jim Gordon becoming Batman. Yeah, I I hope we get at least a little bit of fallout from the Bat family themselves, at least a little. Um, just because this feels like essentially the, even though it's technically not the first time Bruce has died, it almost feels like it. Just because we're in the new Fifty Two, and this is a still technically a brand new universe that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have all the continuity yeah. that it once yeah, did. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've especially liked about Endgame. Is that it? Snyder always seems to have something to actually say with his stories. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. And it, and it just it hits, um, like, and 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 I am just a little conflicted because it feels so much like this should be where the story ends. This should be the end of it. But also, I still want to know what happens next. And like, you will you will very much find out. And it's still written by Scott Snyder. It's still yes. drawn by Greg Capullo. It's it's all there, and we will we will cover that someday in the future. <laughs> I will probably soon, probably sooner rather than later, um, based on knowing that we won't, knowing that there'll be a Batman block eventually that'll have it in it. Indeed, um, indeed. indeed, but it's it's yeah, it just it hit. And I think I think the best way to put it is that Endgame hits harder in Death of the Family. At least for me, because it's an extension of Death of the Family. Mm-hmm. And it's taking these threads and essentially tying them up into one thesis, really trying to explain just because there's there's been a lot of recurring images between them both. There's there's the fly um uh that that we've seen quite a bit of. Um even in this one, there was quite a bit of owl imagery, even before the mm-hmm. Court of Owls showed up. Yeah. And then definitely. there's the idea of just ha as a as just sort of this word that that keeps popping up mm-hmm. uh, and sort of how it takes it and and what it means to be batman as well as you know gotham city as a character because gotham is definitely a character in this run yeah uh, um and i do want to know even though i already know the answer to this um uh what is your full ranking of the scott snyder batman arcs you've read so okay at the bottom graveyard shift it's not bad it's just t- mainly tie-ins to other things, but some still some very good character work. Snyder is just a master of character work, work. Um, and so is James Tinian the Fourth, who who writes who writes some of the issues in that. Um, yeah. Oh, he's in that one. Yeah, he really is. Um, 
And then Death of the Family. Um, yes. Which I know you... I know you that I know that that's your favorite. So, but, it is, okay. it is. So it just hurt a little bit when you say other that, than, but but no, knowing that you do still think they're all like perfect stories. Like I'm fine perfect. with that. It's yeah. like at the ranking at this point, it's mainly personal preference. Yeah. Except for Graveyard Shift, that's the only one that doesn't get like a perfect ten out of ten. That gets like yeah. an eight because it's kind of mixed. But yeah, that's a different thing. Um, and then Endgame, because just that perfect extension. Of death makes it edge it out just a little bit. Then still Court of Owls and, and City of Owls, and then at the top still Zero Year. Fair enough. I'm interested by the fact that you still think Zero Year is the best. I do, but it's also just this. Everything in this is is one. Also, really works really well as one big picture, mm-hmm. like like as one big story. Um, so like like yeah, there's the arcs, but the arcs are very much chapters in a bigger story. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Which I think is, I think is just Snyder does that wonderfully. It's yeah, it's great. It's amazing, and I think I'm I'm I I, I really hope he sticks the landing. Um, I, in my opinion, he very much does. But yeah. we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. In the meantime, um, we have some other things to read. We do. Um, All right. So before we go into your guesses, if you have any left at this point. Um, what Jacob knew about the, the this next two-episode block coming up ahead of time is that it's a series very near and dear to my heart. Uh, it is not a continuation of something we've read before, and I have most of it in single issues because I love it that much. So, and, and I, I should it, say... It is, it is readily available in trade, but I love having it in single issues. Um, Okay. I do also have it in trade because I love it that much. But okay. well, uh, if I can just say how, how my thought process was, Joey had said it's something new, so I'm like, okay, there are a couple things because he didn't immediately tell me he had it in single issues. So my initial guess was, oddly enough, that we well we've done pretty much we've done a lot of DC. Maybe we'll start doing some Vertigo stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Like that was my initial thought, and that's why mm-hmm. I thought, well, if we're going to do Vertigo, we're probably going to start where it all began with Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. It's not Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. It is not. <laughs> um, and I thought, well, he has it in single issues. And I know and he I, looks... And I swear I've mentioned this before, what it is to you, but I, I guess he didn't remember. I, I don't. Um, so so then my second guess was maybe Constantine, and that got shot down. So my third guess, because it's the only hero we haven't covered something Green Arrow related? <laughs> I, I don't know. You're wrong about that as well. Okay, what um, are we covering? Okay, so I guess I haven't talked about this enough. I will rectify that immediately. Um, let's dive back into the 80s, shall we? Um, okay. Right around the same era as uh, as George Perez's Wonder Woman. Next time on Fresh Face Comics, we will be reading the very first Suicide Squad series. Oh! <laughs> oh um, okay. Hello. So my thought process for this going in is, um, you know, we've done all the big, big six heroes. We've done Justice League. We've done Teen Titans. As far as team books go, I'd like another team book in there. And this is one of my absolute favorites. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're so, gonna read. We're gonna read John Ostrander's Suicide Squad. So the only thing I know about John Ostrander is that Big Finish tapped him to write a Seventh Doctor audio with Ace and Hex, and it fell through. I did not know that. Yeah, wow. they were gonna. It was gonna be set in the Wild West. I want them to do that as like a lost story. Somebody I would love revive that. this thing, <laughs> right? But, like, ooh, ooh, wait. 
So okay. you have to watch one. Is there going to be adapted material? Um, not for these particular stories, but if you want to watch them, watch the movies, you can. Because there are two of them. If we did one for each volume, so next episode will be uh, the volume uh, volume one, Trial by Fire, um, and uh, and then episode thirty three will be the second volume, The Nightshade Odyssey. Okay, okay, that. I sorry, I just. <laughs> I'm not expecting this. <laughs> I love that. I love that this this was apparently so out of left field for you. When like I swear I've mentioned that I you have mentioned like mentioned you love the Suicide Squad, but my brain when you said you had it in single issues, like okay, so it's got to be like modern, right? No, 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 this is an this is no. an 80s series that I love so much. Are we that we're I, still that I, prices, that, I, right? that I used to like go to my old go to my comic shop, and one of the first things that I ever tried to do was try to get all the John Ostrander issues from like these big cardboard boxes that he had most of them in. Um, somewhere in the Ostrander run, somewhere in like the 20s of issues, is the first appearance of Oracle as a character, and I have that in single issues. Oh, um, you're this, right. like like. You have no idea. Like I, I, uh, I love the Suicide Squad so much. Um, okay. Yeah. So so there's that. Um, yeah. I just sent you both links to the first two volumes. Okay. Okay. This is gonna be. This. And these will be our first two episodes of the year. Yes. Yes, the they movie. will be. 2023. So 2023, starting on something completely new, something completely accessible. Um, so yeah, it's very exciting, and I, I'm I'm really excited to talk about these. So. So yeah. okay, yeah, that's. I think I might do my rereads in the single issues. That that would be fun. I'm. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, uh, yeah. So that about does that. Yeah, um, so in the meantime, uh, before that comes out, be sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at Jomo with three underscores. He is at Newt five nine nine six. I will leave all that linked in the description below. As always, you can um you can buy the book that we covered in this podcast, and the book we'll be covering on the next podcast down in the description below. I'll leave Amazon links down there. If you want to go check those out uh, and read along with us, it is always appreciated. Uh, um, please yeah. remember uh, to follow us on, on your preferred podcast podcast platform. Yes, uh, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, YouTube, wherever you want to listen to us. Yes. I, hope, I hope you're liking the new format and the new theme song for all these episodes. Yes. It's been pretty great. Um, Leave us a, a rating and review uh, if you're on a podcast platform. Leave us some comments if you're on YouTube. Uh, let us know what you think. Subscribe to Blood Donut Studios for other, uh, other sort of media reviews. Joey's been watching... Uh, Star Trek for the first time. Indeed, indeed, with my brother. Yeah, it's been great. And uh, we're also starting up a new series with my friend Brian this com- uh, this month sometime. I'm not sure exactly when. I just know it's starting up this month. So, so you'll uh, see that. Wait, is it, isn't it coming in January? Yeah, January. That's why I said this month. Because this, this, com- this episode comes out in January, Jacob. Uh, no, this oh, 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 no, no, it doesn't. doesn't. God damn it. Wow. I am so far ahead. Whew. Next yeah. Month. Next, Next month, one. series starts. Next month, new series Thank goodness oh. I have a sense of time. It's been a long day. Shut up. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I am shocked. Yes. I, to quote the great Jason Todd, goodness gracious, I've been bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Joey Morgan. And Jacob Licklider. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.